Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 19. We're going to read from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40, which is, of course, the story of the triumphant entry of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, let us listen to God's word for us this morning. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice, for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, as we enter this holy week, strengthen us to move beyond the festive parade of palms and to follow Jesus into the way of the cross, that united with him and all the faithful, we may one day enter through the gates of righteousness into the eternal city, the new Jerusalem. Quiet within us all mortal voices. Help us to hear the story of the Passion. Amen. I'm sure if I ask this morning, so what is your favorite story in the Bible, that many of you would say, maybe this, maybe this story of celebrations, of welcoming Jesus to Jerusalem. Because, brothers and sisters, it's just a fact that year after year after Lent, at the end of Lent, we uh, have this Sunday where we feel the excitement in the air, where we see our children with their palms waving and adults trying to quiet them down. It's especially when we as staff begin to talk about ordering palms that we, we know that we are almost through the many Sundays and the 40 days of Lent in which we had to tone down our emotions a little bit. And every year I wonder why it is that we all love to attend worship on Easter Sunday. You know, that Sunday with the excitement of huge crowds in worship. But early week and Monday, Thursday and Good Friday almost passes unnoticed. Maybe we don't like the negative ending of Good Friday. I mean, what is good about Jesus being killed anyhow? Knowing the early life of Je- earthly life of Jesus had a negative ending. Maybe we all wish it would go away. 
that we don't have to go through this time of Lent and revisiting the cross and that we could just go on living and, and, and being excited about being children of the living God. And yet, we know this story of the triumphal entry. How Jesus was on the donkey, how he was hailed by so many people next to the road, how they waved their palms and, and threw their clothes on the ground. Why would they do that anyhow? But the danger is that we get the stories of all four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John mixed up because each one of them tell us the story of this entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And brothers and sisters, if we miss up, uh, mix up stories, we miss the specific message that that Gospel character wants to bring to us. So this year we are on Luke's version of the triumphant entry of Jesus. And like the other Gospels, Luke connects this story with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a colt, uh, connects that with Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. In, in his prophecy, and the prophecy was not predicting the future, but proclaiming God's word for people that lived around him, Zechariah saw a future king who would come riding into Jerusalem in humility, riding on a colt the foal of a donkey, a king who would have been so much different from the kings they knew, who were always people of power, people triumphant on a white horse. And so the Jewish writings, the Midrash and the Haggadah, the commentaries on this, are full of the statements that the Messiah, the descendant of King David, would come without grandeur or majesty, that he would come to lay claim to his city, Jerusalem, so the people of Israel expected, therefore, if they didn't forget it, that the Messiah would be a victorious king, but also that he would be humble. Maybe on this day, they saw the prophecy being fulfilled in Jesus. In the other synoptic gospels in Matthew and Mark, a mixed crowd welcomed Jesus, the one who is coming in the name of the Lord. And Mark cautiously expands this with the sentence, Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. But brothers and sisters, Luke is clear. This is not just one coming. This is not a kingdom coming. Jesus is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is the king who is very present and who is also not present at the same time. So Luke is the gospel writer who, who tells us that the disciples seem to get to Jesus is. They get to Jesus is the humble Messiah who is king, and they welcome him as such, but they forget soon enough with the other people, just like the crowd or Mark's many people. But the twist in Luke's story, and this you have to remember, the twist in Luke's story comes in the shout of the people who welcome Jesus. 
These people are not just a mixed crowd, but they are disciples, a multitude of disciples coming together. They are people who are supposed to know and to see more than just the normal people. And so in Luke, the people do not shout, Hosanna in the highest heaven. On Palm Sunday, brothers and sisters, Luke takes us back to the shepherds in the field. You remember Luke chapter 2? Shepherds heard a hopeful announcement, while those who were powerless were counted by the emperor Augustus. Where the shepherds heard the angels sing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. And then the shepherds hurried to Bethlehem, and, and Luke presents a peaceful picture of the baby and Joseph and Mary on that night. But peace, brothers and sisters, is not here yet. They were still the shepherds, shepherds with a special message about Jesus. But shepherds were not regarded as trustworthy witnesses then. And Luke wants to remind us, even as we celebrate Palm Sunday again, that peace is present. That peace is fashioned in heaven, and it became a present reality and possibility in the birth of the Messiah on earth. Yet it is not present in Jerusalem. And maybe it's not present in Mount Pleasant. And maybe it's not present anywhere in the world, anywhere else on earth. But we know that, don't we? In spite of everything that we could get our children to do this morning, even behave, be quiet, wave palms, sing to us, everything we get them to reenact the scene on the day, we know that peace is often still far away. We experience the absence of peace in the world around us, in Russia and Ukraine, in Israel and Syria. But we also experience it in the politics of this country. The very divisiveness to which we have to respond. In our own lives, we often miss peace. Maybe as congregation, we look peaceful this morning with all kinds of strives going on among us. The multitude of disciples welcomed the king to his city. And although the king is present riding on a donkey, the kingdom of God is not yet present. And peace is a far of thought. And so the people, the multitude of disciples, chanted, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Now, if you go home, and I hope you will do this, we get this story of the triumphant entry in Luke chapter 9. After an upsetting parable of a nobleman, which begins this introduction, uh, which begins with this introduction, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. And then we don't immediately go to the passion story in Luke. But Luke tells us in three chapters after the triumphant entry a lot about the ministry and the message of Jesus. Chapter 19 through 22. Because brothers Luke wanted us to tell that this is not yet. That the king is here, but the king is not yet here. That 
peace is here, but it's not yet here. There's a week of chaos and confusion that followed after this triumphant entry. A week in which Jesus wept over Jerusalem, cleansed the temple, had his authority questioned, had the last supper with his disciples, told many parables. There's the Mount of Olives and the cross and the tomb, but there's also resurrection and redemption. And I think Luke wanted to tell us that after we heard the whole story, after we have lived the whole story, we'll again go into another holy week with no visible sign of God's kingdom and no visible sign of God's peace, or at least very little of it in our own lives, unless, unless we eat this message. Again, we will join the procession of the multitude of disciples following the humble king on his donkey. And we will probably all affirm peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven, knowing that our job as a multitude of disciples is to not only enact this parade, not only do Palm Sunday, but to work every day to bring peace and wholeness and to bring the hope of the kingdom of God to make it clear that the Messiah reigns in this world that Jesus is present in this congregation because of the way that we live together peace brothers and sisters not yet but peace is possible and present Amen